I'm Neve Gordon Farley and welcome to my brand new podcast. Unconventional is a place where we challenge the stigma surrounding not going to university. I'm so excited to be bringing you the first episode of my podcast. Now today I sat down with Izzy Radford who shares her experiences of what it was like dropping out of university. Hello! Hello! I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So first off I have to ask how has lockdown been for you? I would well <laughs> how's it been for anyone? No I, I got annoyed at the beginning when everyone was talking about how much they loved lockdown and how much of a nice break it was. I was thinking really? I, I, I don't think I'm suited to this. I I was quite productive at the beginning I'm not gonna lie like I'm the sort of person that's like, yes, I can do it. I'm, I've got all this time, let's go. And then I just literally lost all energy. And I was the funniest person I know. And now I'm not even a top 10. <laughs> so that's what's happened to my personality. <laughs> Bad things. But yeah, it's fine. I mean, people are struggling so much worse than we are. Um, I am. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just getting through now, plodding through. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. So something that I wanted to ask you before we start talking about university and what your experience has been like since you left school. Yeah. What I wanted to know was when you were younger, what did you want to be when you grew up? Ah, that's a, that's a lovely question. And boringly, or maybe not boringly, I wanted to be an author uh, because I loved reading and I loved writing and I wanted to be an author. I mean, there was one day I decided everyone else wanted to be like, vets because they loved animals and things so one day I was like you know what I'm going to be a vet and my mum was like you know that means you have to stick your hand up a cow's bum and I was like <laughs> okay maybe not and I, I really I really don't like animals like I really don't like animals and I'm like the only person in the world that thinks that so to be a vet would be strange but my my one author slash comedian but author was really what I wanted to do that's really interesting yeah. I would have never thought of you being a vet but all oh yeah <laughs> so off the back of you wanting to be an author and maybe not a vet no let's fast forward a couple of years what was your university application process like your whole experience what was going through your head when it came to the time when you had to apply to university so I really didn't like thinking about it I mean I think when I don't want to do something or don't want to I just put it to the back of my mind and that's how I felt. Like I felt, oh, we have so many months left of school. I didn't really need to think about it. I kind of wanted other people to make the decision for me. Uh, and I was really stuck about choosing a university, but not because I was like, oh, which one? Is it this or this? I was just really like, I don't care. Like I'm not bothered which one I go to, which probably should have been taken as a warning sign. But I think it's very easy to confuse feeling anxious and nervous about something about growing up and moving on with actually not wanting to go so I yeah with the UCAS process I was really a last minute one because I didn't know what where I wanted to go I was stuck between um, Bristol and Exeter for a long time just because I didn't really see many pros or cons I just didn't re- I wasn't really bothered and with the UCAS I, I found it baffling that people knew what they wanted to do so early on and so my my application was very late and not very I don't remember putting a hell of a lot of effort into my personal statement because I think I just didn't really care and I knew you know they were asking me for grades that were below what I was 
chat what I was expected to get. So I didn't feel an academic pressure. And I just felt very, very, um, I don't want to say beige, but very like beige about the whole thing. I was indifferent. And so with the UCAS process, I did not put a lot of what thought into it. I did not worry about it. You know, a lot of people were getting very stressed, but I thought, you know, this isn't a big deal. And perhaps that should have been a sign to me to to have thought more carefully about what I was doing and where I was going and did I want a break before I did any of these things. What was it like when your offers came in? Because I know from my experience, I put my application in the Friday before the Monday deadline. Yeah. Sent it in Welsh. Yeah. (laughs) Sent it all off in Welsh. I like that. And I think I was very similar to you. Mm. I, in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, we're just going to go to uni. But I was never like, oh, I'm actually going to go to uni. Yeah. It's going to be a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when I had the offers coming through, I almost felt flattered that somewhere just wanted me. Yeah, right. Was that yeah. a similar experience? I got like three of mine on the same, in the same 24 hours. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, like, wow, they really want Izzy Radford. I mean, seriously, look at look at these offers. And um, I felt so flattered. And then they all came through. The serotonin stopped or whatever the correct scientific terminology is. But I, I think it's really important to say, like, I was really sad and had a really horrible time. And that's okay. And everyone goes, oh, I'm sorry you were sad. Or like, if you're sad, you know, at any point saying, I'm really upset. Just, I'm not having a good time. I feel a bit depressed. You know, it's just like, that's that's life. That's ebbs and flows. You have to be happy all the time. But I'm not a therapist. <laughs> so <laughs> this is just, I just think it's, I just think honesty is something which people used to, so I used, to, well, I'm sorry if I'm rambling on, but when I, um, when I left, everyone started going actually I like people adults I met would go oh actually I really didn't like uni I just sort of stuck it out or actually I dropped out and then I went somewhere else but before I had gone everyone always just went oh my god it's going to be amazing it's the best experience of your life how quickly the tables turn when you actually admit you didn't like it and leave people come out of the woodwork almost with their stories of how they didn't like it and that would have been really comforting to know before or at the time just so you didn't feel like a complete, oh my God, why am I the only one that doesn't like it? To have heard those stories before would have been really important. And that's why I kind of like to talk about it. And and that was that was it. I was like, oh, okay. Well, now I've got my offers. Uh, I guess I've, you know, that's it. That's the excitement. I guess now I've got to pick and go to one. And it didn't, I, not in a horrible way as in it was so, so easy, but it didn't feel like it was a big stressful challenge for me. And I kind of, I feel like it would have been nice to have earned, felt like you earned something. You know, when people um, get offers and they think, oh my God, I'm I'm so happy. I've, I've wanted to go to, I don't know, I don't know. I've wanted to go to Sheffield all my life. Yeah. You know, or for a year, I've worked so hard on this application. I'm so excited. This is amazing. I didn't get any of that payoff because I hadn't put anything in. And also at the same time, it wasn't a difficult thing that I like achieved. It wasn't a big life step or anything like that. And so that was, a little bit sad to not feel the same excitement as other people I think. I remember people around me saying oh I've always wanted to be a doctor or mm. I've I've always wanted to get into Bath University and I yeah. remember at the time I was a bit like oh um yeah well this is this is exciting I've got an offer somewhere wants me uh right. now time to crack on with the A-level revision. And like rightly so people were really upset if they didn't get their first choice and I I wouldn't have given a damn I tell you that I really wouldn't have cared if if someone had rejected me so I think that that was a very telling for me. Now 
when you did your A-levels, you came out with some fantastic grades. Well, stop. You did some fantastic <laughs> grades. And yeah, I suppose I, well, I did work hard and I did like my subjects, so yeah. And you did actually go off to university. You went off to Exeter University. What was the first couple of weeks like for you? Um, <laughs> it worked great. I'm not going to lie. That's, that's why I, I left. They were... There was nothing, oh, it's such a difficult one because I think I've, I've blocked a lot of it, not blocked a lot of it out, but I don't think about it often. I don't like to think about it. I don't like to look at photos and things because it was, you know, if you go through a difficult point in your life, you don't really like to reminisce on it so much, but it was really tough. And I remember for no particular tangible reason as well, people would say, and people wouldn't really understand they'd be like well, why don't you like it what's wrong you know and, and I just didn't have the answer for them I really didn't have a solid answer and that was so hard for people to understand and actually I have a friend who went to uni after a gap year and found it a little bit hard at the beginning and, and said to me you know I really didn't understand you back then I didn't know what you were talking about I thought you were being really dramatic but actually I feel the same way and so it's something that's really hard to explain unless you experience it but yeah, I had to, and I had some like two lovely, lovely friends there who I still am in contact with, who are still there. You know, I was doing lots of societies. I think I did about five societies. I was playing netball in like the sixth, sixth, or whatever you call them, the sixth team. And so I was actually getting involved. And I don't think you could have told me I wasn't doing enough. You know, I really gave it a good old go. But I remember the first. Uh, the first morning I woke up and I said to my friend god this isn't for me and she was like it's been less than 24 hours can you please not be so dramatic so I did end up staying but I yeah I only lasted six weeks I mean it was awful I had a really bad time um really awful time and I I always have to reprimand, reprimand myself if I start to sugarcoat it and go oh well you know it wasn't that bad because I have to remember what it was like and it was actually awful I, I was really really upset so I always try and think you know I need to remember this and not it's so easy to be like oh I left because of the course oh yeah it was a course it was a course I left it was a course I, I was fine I loved it I just left because of the course and that's not true I really didn't enjoy it so I always think it's important to actually say that and rather than being all oh yeah it was this it was this because we should be really honest we should be. And there aren't enough people that are honest to say, do you know what? I've tried something. It's just not for me. Was there ever an opportunity when you were doing your UCAS application when maybe you could have been a lot more honest? Because I know from experience, I was never open enough to be like, OK, give me give me some ideas on what else I could do. Yeah. And I just ended up applying because yeah. I didn't really know what else was out there. Do you think maybe... I you could I, have been more honest or was there just not that kind of opportunity or support at school? I could definitely have been more honest with myself if I really thought about it. But because I, I get nervous about things, new things quite a lot. I just thought, oh, well, I'm just really nervous. It seemed to me, it sounds really, well, I'm, I'm not snobby or I'm not trying to be a snob. But it seemed to me I would be wasting a little bit of, like I can do academia-ish. So I felt like I'd be wasting a little bit of academic potential almost like not to have gone and then obviously I do have people say to me you know oh you could have you could have really done well and you know I'm sure people do think I wasted 
whatever silly you know grade you can get or whatever they don't really mean that much anyway but I'm sure people would say you wasted that a bit but I think I could have been much more open to other things I'm not going to lie there wasn't a huge amount spoken about in my school about other things but because there's a lot of bright kids that suited university but there should have been more more support for other options I really I think that and I think I should have been more open to a gap year but I was too scared and I thought it meant traveling when it doesn't always mean that because I didn't travel in my gap year if you want to call it a gap year um so I yeah I was too scared really to look into other avenues and if I'd done it now I definitely would have done but I'm a whole different person as I'm sure you you are a whole different person to when you were in school so there wasn't really a defining moment for you leaving university oh yeah I did think about this the other day because it just seemed to happen I really I I remember texting my good friend um the same one who told me I was being dramatic about going after 24 hours and saying I'm going because I was going home for reading week where you get a week off um and I said I'm gonna go and she said yeah I know you're going because you've got reading week and I said no no I've decided to go and not come back God, that is. When did that happen? I I couldn't really tell you. I think um, it was literally just around a day of the week, and I thought, you know what, f this, because I can do. I got. I can do a lot. I I back. I I, I backed myself to to. You know, it was almost like a screw you all. Even though I didn't have any haters, it was like a God. I'm the sort of person that wishes I had a hater just so I could be like screw you I'm the underdog I'm really not the underdog but I wanted to have this underdog moment of being like you know what I can do it myself and I was really unhappy I thought I'm not living this this unhappiness for much longer and I'm sure it would have got better if I'd stayed but I just wasn't willing to do it and I'm glad I didn't because I've become much more um stronger person but yeah I just decided one day you know this is it I sent a long text to my mum and she was like yeah that's that's very like eloquent and I'm glad you've pulled yourself together enough to be able to send that and it makes sense to me and and I just thought then I've got to break it to everyone else in my in my halls and then I'm gonna go how when you told people how how what was their reaction because I remember telling people and I had very very mixed reactions and my whole mentality was you don't have to understand what I'm doing but just support me in what I'm doing did you have a similar I, kind of mindset and what was people's reactions I see a question I felt very supportive on the whole um but I'm lucky to have parents who are I, I've never been a bad child in my opinion I don't think I've ever done anything like naughty it's a horrible word but I don't think I have and they know you know I wouldn't I would do all my work in school completely on my own do my own things really was quite self-motivated so I don't think I think they were a bit surprised but they were like you know what you I believe in you is <laughs> kind of you can you can do what you need to do and actually at that time I wasn't saying I would never go back to uni I was just dropping out of one uh, and my mum dropped out of uni so um I don't think you could blame me so much if she did the same thing but my um I had as I say I had two really close friends there who were really upset that I was going and that was upsetting for me to feel like I was letting them down um, I mean, we're all happy now, but it was really sad at the time. And in terms of my friends, they were all very supportive too, although I feel some of them couldn't understand as much because they were enjoying it. But no, on the whole, I had very supportive friends, although I think later on people would 
would brand me as a bit lost or call me lost. And that really made me a bit upset because who's found at like 19, 18, you know, who's found themselves at, at 26? And he said, no one has. So when people, I think, thought, oh, God, is he? I don't know what she's doing. She's working, you know, in a clothes shop or whatever she's doing. Maybe she's a bit lost. I, I used to find that very irritating because I was never lost. Well, if I was lost, then we we're all lost because I was just trying my best to do lots of new things and I felt more true to myself than I had been before and very brave so yeah I think when people people were quicker to judge but they weren't necessarily unsupportive. What's really important is the mindset you have and the people that you choose to have around you because it is a difficult time like you go from being in education for like 14 years and suddenly you leave school and then that's it and you're a bit like I don't know what to do. And you're not necessarily lost. It's just that transition period of really knowing what you want to do. And I think a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves to to figure out everything and to know what they're going to do at 18 mm-hmm. until they retire. Mm-hmm. Totally. You need to try different things out. Otherwise, how will you know if you like things or don't? And I, I like to you know, think that I dabble in lots of things because I couldn't just pick one thing and go with it. And you shouldn't. There's no way you should. You know, being young is about trying to find out who you are and and trying to find out what you enjoy. So to me, that's a very important part of growing up. And I think, yeah, you have to be careful not to streamline yourself into one thing. You know, right, I'm going to do a geography degree and then I'm going to do this. You need to test test the waters, test other things. Or at least that's what I found. It's been really helpful in knowing who I am now and feeling a lot more mature than than I did then. I remember finding your blog um, when you first started your blog, yeah, wow. I, remember, I remember seeing it on um, a YouTuber's uh, Instagram stories yeah, and I swiped up, no. no names, but I swiped <laughs> up and I read it and I just went, oh my God, oh. like this girl, she's gone and tried something and actually it hasn't worked. And she's very honest and very confident in a way to say, do you know what? This didn't work. I didn't have the best experience. And I think a lot of young people aren't like that. So yeah. what advice would you give to anyone who's in a similar situation? Because I think a lot of young people, maybe they're at university and they just stick it out because yeah, yeah, yeah. they think they need a degree to do what they want to do. I mean, it depends. If you want to do medicine, I wouldn't advise dropping out because you can't uh, become a doctor without, you know, things like that, medicine, that all of those sort of things of course you need a degree to everyone else there's no point being miserable or depressed or having a mental illness or for for three years or just feeling sad because at the end of the day I don't want to sound for some industries maybe more so I mean my industry is more creative stuff so yeah they really don't care but in, in the grand scheme of things, I want someone who's been proactive. As an employer, say I'm an employer, I want someone who's been proactive, who's backed themselves enough to go against the grain, who's made something of themselves, who's got involved in real world experiences, work experience, you know, jobs, projects, charities. I want people who have done that. I don't care if you have a tutu or whatever. I would rather you had three years of, of really, really trying your best and backing yourself. My God, if you're a young person, you have to back yourself because no one is looking out for you. I always say no one's looking out for me. I'm looking out. You have to look out for number one in in a non-selfish, cruel way. Professionally, you, you have to look out for number one, which is yourself. 
I sit in in places and people know what they're talking about or perhaps would use like very specific industry um, terms or whatever. And I just say, I don't know what that means. And, you know, who cares? Being honest is better than than making it up. And people find it so endearing. I can't tell you. I used to use maybe a little too, maybe, well, yeah, I used to use dropping out of uni as like my kind of USP. And it got me a lot of places that just being me um, who hadn't gone to uni wouldn't have got got me. So you've got to use what you might think is your weakness. I would never have thought of it as a weakness, only a strength, because it opened so many doors for me. Even the blog, starting that it was a promise I made to myself and I did it. And it did open avenues. And, you know, sometimes people like you would message me and or like some other girls would find it and say, you know, I'm really pleased this is in the world. And I really like it. And that is and that makes you feel amazing. So I think you can do so much away from university. You really don't need that environment to thrive. I think it takes a little bit of courage because it's difficult and you might not have anyone else that you know that's done the same thing. And you really have to navigate your own path and your own hours and all these sort of things but it is so rewarding and I think just being brave and taking that leap is the best thing you can do for yourself rather than being miserable. When I found your blog I was almost like oh my god there's someone that's done something really similar to what I've done there was I never found when I first left school anything that talked about not going to uni I never knew of anyone that hadn't gone to university. Yeah I mean I must say, you know, it is a sign of privilege that I that I was so helped to get into, you know, my education was really amazing and I feel very privileged to have had it and was helped towards university. It's just important to know that it isn't for everyone and that's fine too. So after you left university, came home, what was the first step? Because mm. I don't know if it was whether you had thought about career what were you going to do what how were you feeling at the time because I always when I talk about my experience I there were times when I would always feel like I was two steps behind everybody else and they were like five miles ahead of me I felt relief mostly but then it was quickly turned to panic because I thought god what the hell am I going to do now and I think the first thing I thought was I need a job that that pays me some money but that is part-time and so I knew that I wanted to pursue more of the writing and at first I just thought let's focus on having my blog and like applying for writing opportunities and then on the side let me get a part-time job in my town that'll earn me some money and then give me something for my CV so that's what I did and I worked at god loads of different places but namely cafes and then at in a clothes white stuff for clothes close uh, company and so that's what I did part-time and then I just like picked up work experience placements where I could find them did interviews for things entered competitions and just wrote off my own back and of my own accord off my own back yeah and just wrote all the things I wanted to write and wrote the blog as well so that's what I started off by doing and it was very humble <laughs> you know I was, just, I was just starting from the bottom and and doing the best I could and and even when I used to work in the clothes company and clothes shop, I haven't got much common sense, like physically as well. Like not physically, but like if someone said go and hang these up and then log them on this, I'd probably mess it up. And like I remember I set the fire alarm off once by mistake and like I I was just a nightmare, I was a real nightmare. 
Um, but that scared me, you know, that was scary. And, you know, I suffered with, with feeling very anxious about things like that. But every time I would do them, I would think, wow, I'm really becoming a better person. It sounds really naff. But I felt around March, say I left uni in November, I think around March or February, I, I started to feel like, I wasn't so afraid to take up space and I, I would ride trains more more comfortably in my in my own skin and just being there and like being in rooms that was dominated by people older than me and feeling like I could hold my own and knew who I was and doing stuff like improv and sketch writing courses with much older people really felt like actually I'm really living a different life to other people my age but I'm really proud of myself and enjoying the the slightly different way I am living. I remember coming to you before being like, oh my God, you're amazing. You're doing all these things. And I feel like I'm 19 and what I'm doing is just nothing compared to you. And during lockdown, it's been flipped the other way. And you've come to me saying, oh, you're being so productive and I'm not. And I feel really bad about that. No, and I think, I think it just everyone takes such different routes that it's, you can't compare yourself to someone else. You know, it's really hard not to do, but you can't everyone's trying their best at the end of the day so you talked about kind of being overlooked as a young person and one of your blog posts that really stood out to me not just at the time it still does now because it's so it's so relevant to young people now you wrote a blog post about a job assessment day you went to Mm. and um it was almost as soon as you walked in the room that was it you knew you wasn't going to get the job because there, you were completely overlooked and I remember you saying that you know there was no degree requirement yeah which automatically would say to me oh it's you know it's kind of entry level it you were just completely and automatically dismissed and overlooked I think that it's there's a lack of opportunity for young people across the board and I'm talking young people with little experience little to no experience it's a vicious cycle because you need experience to get a job, but how do you get experience if they want you to have experience to get the experience? Okay, that doesn't make any what I mean. Everyone knows what I mean by that. You you can't get experience if no one will take people on that don't have any experience. And so I thought, you know, I'm I'm gonna be I'm I'm not gonna get anywhere. So it is really hard to break into those sort of things when you don't have any experience. You just have to be pushy in the way of saying you know I know I don't have any experience but will you let me do this work experience instead or will you give me a give me a chance uh, in some way or just you know making your own opportunities is a horrible phrase but it's true you do have to kind of build your own doors what is the phrase if no one gives you a oh, oh here it is if opportunity doesn't knock build a door who said that I don't know but it's it's true uh, and I think it is really hard because you do get overlooked. And fair enough, I guess. You know, it, the the joke is entry level roles are not entry level. You know, they just aren't. Entry level roles are one or two years experience. <laughs> but you know, if you push hard enough and keep going, you will find something, even if it's small, even if it's a little placement, even if it's a spark of a contact or an email. You just got to keep going, and it is really tough. But that's how unfortunate it seems to be working at the moment. And every time I see schemes that are for real, genuine entry level, no experience, I think they're amazing. So for anyone who hasn't read your blog, what would you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like I don't know. I don't. I, I, my blog 
I used to write a lot more on it. Nowadays, I don't have time for it so much because of my other things. But I do have such a fondness in my heart for it because it's where it all started, if that makes sense. It is. It was that kind of, that was, I always felt like that was like the first little step. And for anyone who hasn't yeah. read your blog, what are some of the projects that you've done since leaving school? Because you've done a real variety of yeah. jobs and projects and opportunities. I have. I always start with my main man, which is, I did um, an audio piece called The Making of an Education, which is coming out some point this year which is very exciting but I don't have a date for that but yeah I uh, I basically found a scheme called the new creative scheme and it's for people that are aged 16 to 30 I'll talk about it a bit because it is really interesting if anyone is interested in this and you can you basically apply with a short film or an audio piece or an interactive thing like a oh god <laughs> I don't know the technology but like what's it called AI <laughs> Is it interactive? I mean, I don't know. So I thought, do you know what? I can do something for audio. I quite like audio. And I think that's a really interesting, like radio is a very interesting place. Um, so I wrote, I know actually that's a lie. When I first applied, I didn't understand the application. And I just wrote, oh, I want to do a podcast. And then I, I was actually shortlisted and I went in because you had to submit other pieces of your writing, which is good that I'd written so many things because I could have used some of them. They liked those things. They just said, when I got there, they were like, you literally didn't understand the application. We weren't asking for a podcast. Like, nothing about having a podcast is allowed. <laughs> like, it, it's, a, it was, it's a BBC arts thing, so you can't... It's, it has to be artistic, you know, and creative, and it's, it's a drama thing. Anyway, I eventually ended up being selected and, selected and writing a 15-minute... Um, I don't know what to call it half stand-up half into an internal monologue thing and it's just one person's voice it's just my voice I said can I voice it and they were like yeah I suppose so and then I made and made that with an amazing producer um, we made that in a studio and recorded it and that's going out which is so exciting it's going to be on BBC Sounds and I think Radio 4 no one off but yeah that was amazing because for someone to give, I mean, it really is so rare. That's why I say it's a good scheme because it is so rare to give. And I was eighteen at the time to give an eighteen-year-old girl um, the chance to write about herself a lot for fifteen minutes and then voice it herself and make it herself. And it was just such an amazing opportunity. You don't get that. You don't even really get that. You know, I just it blew my mind that people would care to hear my little silly jokes about Rygate and hear about me leaving uni and, and all of that and it was so personal to me it felt like it feels like when you listen to this piece of 14 minutes you get the whole year of my of my life and but I like to think it's it's related to other themes as well and anyway I've talked about it too much but that was an amazing amazing thing I did it sounds so vain of me but to be commissioned by BBC it feels amazing. It feels like that was a real payoff for leaving uni. You know, a real like a moment where I thought, wow, I was, you know, crying and thinking, you know, this is amazing. And this feels like I've earned it for myself, you know, and um, through no one else but me really getting that and making that happen. And it was my voice. And I, that was so I'm so proud of that. And like very that, that I talk about that so much because it's my big thing. But other little things I wrote, I wrote a play that um went around Surrey and Sussex which is really lovely I written some articles educational articles 
um, that have been published. And I do talks at schools, which I really like, about doing unconventional things and all the sort of thing I'm talking about now on the podcast. I love doing that. That was part that was a part of my job for a long time before COVID <laughs> and before I got another job. But yeah, I used to do that a lot. Um, what else have I done on the blog? I did I do some silly YouTube videos about yummy mummies which I love but it's very niche well not niche but it's a very one one thing I do the improv and sketch writing um I I, I got a poem published which is lovely and I've got a little poetry Instagram account which I love I don't know why but I never thought of poems before but actually as you can tell I like to get involved in lots of different things um yeah but it's so good because yeah. I think you leave school and stuff like that and you just think well I'm just going to do this one route and yeah, I'm just going to do this one thing. thing and there's so many I I mean I can definitely vouch for the BBC they have so many like amazing schemes and so does ITV for talent it just completely depends what you're into but also I always feel like there's so many people that always think that they're underqualified for things and everything yeah. like that and actually you will be so surprised at how many companies really value young people whether and I think with other things, silly things that I did, like I tried ballroom dancing because I love Strictly and I love ballroom dancing and all that sort of thing. Just try it, like have a go. There's so many weird things that I did that I maybe not wouldn't do again. Well, I would do dancing again, but there are things that I wouldn't do again. But at least I had that experience and going for as many. I did job interviews just for the experience. I didn't even want the jobs, really. You know, I have done so many different jobs. But um, yeah, I I guess I'd call myself. Well, if this was a LinkedIn, I would call myself. A writer, educational speaker, and um, well, I just started working as a TV development assistant. So those are kind of my three main things. But in a general term, just being creative is what I I love to do. I know that creative is such a horrible, like, well, not a horrible word, but it's like, yeah, I'm a creative. So like, you know, I'm pretty much better than everyone else. Or like, I'm more deep than everyone. But no, I just love that sort of thing. Um, But yeah, what I have found hard, and this is kind of unrelated, is is educating myself away from school has been really hard as in I have wanted to keep up reading and I've wanted to keep up learning and articles and all these sorts of things and it is really hard when you don't have things to look for like a test or like someone telling you to read this or an exam or whatever it is it's really hard because I have a really bad memory and I felt like damn I haven't remembered anything I've just read or I haven't got the attention span maybe for a book that I used to have but I really have tried and even watching tvs and films to get a more like just to to know more about the world and watch things and experience things but that I do find hard without a degree and that's what I sometimes miss sometimes it sounds mad but I do miss writing essays and you don't get that you don't realize yeah I, I accidentally left education didn't expect to not go back so to know that I would never write another essay or something to me it's like a bit a bit sad really so you don't it's not all amazing joy and love and happiness when you leave education it's pretty hard in that in that respect it is really difficult but actually I think for anyone listening to this I think you've definitely shown that try things yeah. give give things a good go yeah. dabble you know dabble. you can you I can have a, you can have a portfolio career it doesn't have to yeah. be that one route and like you said you you went to interviews just for the practice yeah I, I I went for an interview once for a job that I really didn't want I don't know why I did it. I think I just felt really lost at the time and then they called and I never answered the phone I mean that's really bad you shouldn't do that I think they called to give me the job or not but I just didn't ask the phone and that was that like, I don't know what I was doing with that, but I'm saying I went for so I nearly became a teaching assistant. Like, there's so many things I nearly did. But I'm so glad that 
I tried or at least experienced them to see what I wouldn't want to do. I think sometimes it is good to do things for the experience and the money, even if it's not the, like I worked in a clothes shop for ages and that sort of thing. And I did work for a publishing company for a bit, but um, you know, there weren't things I wanted to carry on with, but it, I learned skills and I learned how to, how to be professional and all that sort of thing. And actually I just want to quickly say, if anyone's listening that wants to get into TV, I applied for an amazing scheme called the network and it took me to Edinburgh TV festival. And we had like amazing, amazing networking things and that's how I got my first job in TV but yeah the network if anyone's interested in that you don't need any experience at all I didn't have a single bit and it's mostly for graduates but obviously if you don't do a degree you can still do it as well just wanted to plug that because it was amazing well talking about plugging things obviously where are the places we can find you because you have a podcast yes as well I have a podcast I have have many strange things not not a podcast strange but I have many um little avenues you can find me in my name is Izzy Radford but on Instagram I'm shockingly Izzy Radford but with two Y's because some damn other Izzy Radford took my real name um I have a poet I mean I'm going to just say them all I've got a poetry account if you're interested in poetry which is at plucky poetry um podcast at class dismissed podcast it's kind of about education and the gap years and all that sort of thing that I've talked about um what else do I have? And, and if you're interested in YouTube, Izzy Radish um, has some silly videos about mums yeah, and just general things. I think that's it for my plugging. I mean, that's a lot of plugging. It is a lot of plugging. Now, well, my... I'm not so active. I'm, actually, I'm on LinkedIn and, you know, that is the place to be. Add me on LinkedIn, Izzy Radford. So my oh, final blog. question. Should we just quickly shout out the blog if anyone is interested? Yes. My website is www.izzyrad.co.uk and then you find it on there. So, yeah, that's all. I, I've always wanted to plug myself. <laughs> I think it's great. Nobody else is going to promote you if you don't no, promote no. yourself. Give me a follow. I'll follow you back, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Now, my final question before we go, and this is a question I'm going to be asking all of my guests. That's very exciting. What's something you know now that you wish you had known when you were 18? Oh, that's a good question. My jokey answer is that oat milk existed because I love oat milk, but I realised that's not what you were really asking. Um, <laughs> my answer would be, what would I wish I had known at 18? That it would be okay and it would work out. And that's sort of a horrible cliche, but I think I worried too much. I would have worried back then. You know, when, you, when I first left uni, I, I didn't need to be so frantic about becoming this amazing professional person. I just needed to take it at my own pace. I would say to 18-year-old me, don't worry, it all happens for a reason. I wouldn't have told them not to go to uni. I think it's a really important I did. It's how I got my whole, like, brand and whatever. So I would have said, just feel things. Yeah, everything will work out in the end. And just feel things at the time. If you feel... You know, I feel like it's, oh God, you know how they say about feeling your feelings? Like if you're feeling sad, really feel it and like understand why. And, and if you feel happy, like enjoy that and experience it. I would say feel the way you feel about things and then follow your gut and, and it will all be more than okay, apart from coronavirus. You know, we probably should have warned our aging ourselves about coronavirus. We probably should have and how much of a change everything was going to happen. You know, all of those career plans we had. Yeah, I mean yeah who knows what's gonna happen with the world but I think believing in yourself is is and looking after number one is very important trust the process trust that's what I would say but you know trust the process 
trust the process thank you so much for coming thank on you. my podcast today I love talking as you can tell if we have to edit a lot of this but I love it thank you so much I love it do I need to say it again that I love it <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much thank you I just wanted to say thank you so much to Izzy for joining me today and thank you so much for listening. You can join me, Neve Gordon-Farley, next Wednesday for a brand new episode of Unconventional.